Oh, I love to climb a mountain and to reach the highest peak. But it doesn't thrill me half as much as dancing cheek to cheek. Oh, I love to go out fishing in a river or a creek. But I don't enjoy it half as much as dancing cheek to cheek. Or dance with me. I want I my want arms my about, about you. The charms, the charms about, you about you will carry me through. Will carry me through. Heaven. I'm in heaven. And the cares that hung about me through seem to vanish like a Tomorrow is my wedding day. Well, wedding night to be exact. Day, night. Who's counting? No difference in this place. Oh yes, I've dreamed of getting married, God knows, for long enough. I didn't imagine it taking place 12 metres underground and in these circumstances. Well, you never know what the future holds. I signed a special form this morning. Could I testify that I was of Aryan descent? I thought of my sister Ilsa. She'd have laughed. You're marrying him and you're being asked if you're an Aryan. He was presented the same form. Bureaucracy will have its way. Then I suddenly remembered that awful moment at the Berghof. Henny Hoffman said to the chief, Oh, you know, we probably all have a little Jewish blood. The atmosphere dropped to zero. Zero. Nobody said anything. Poor Henny. It was her second offence. She thought that she had such a cosy family relationship with the chief that she could say anything. Bad move. I have learned to be wiser. There are certain subjects. Then, he trusts me. He trusts me not to interfere. That is what femininity means to him. And he needs me. <laughs> That's the important part, not what comes afterwards. He is telling the world that he needs me. He's telling history. I will never again be the little girl in Munich, hidden away from the public view. The little girl in Munich who had to be whisked in through a back stairs while the wives sail through the front hall. Now he says that Blondie and I are the two most faithful companions of his life. <laughs> so it's me and the Alsatian bitch. Sometimes I've thought he preferred Blondie. During the Great War, he always says his fox terrier was the only friend he had. You have to understand, men. 
You have to put your man first. I'm happy. I really and truly am happy. Who can say that at the end of their days? No regrets. Well, no big regrets. Sometimes I wish I had made better use of my time. When I think of our little family. Mama used to make dresses just as pretty as these. As a dressmaker, she was wonderful. Still is. She could have been a famous couturier, like Madame Chanel. The French respect women's talents. In Germany, a woman has to be the cute little housewife with cute little Gretchen hairstyle. Not for me, thanks. I'd rather be the scarlet woman they gossiped about. Papa nearly died of shame at the gossip. But in the end, he saw it my way. Oh, yes, he sure did. The patriarch recognised a greater power. I wonder if I should wear the red. Red has vitality. That lovely sweetheart neckline. Hmm, maybe. Spear was always such a good friend to me. Sensitive. Ava, he used to say at the Berghof, you're not given the respect you deserve. You should put yourself forward more. He told the chief on a couple of occasions that he should marry me. Ava, he used to say, he treats you badly. He ignores you. He puts you to one side. Your position is unacknowledged. Oh, Albert, I'd say. The chief has so much on his mind. I mean, Europe. The world. Outer space. The chief always said he was married to Germany. Like a priest, he was married to Holy Mother Church. Not that he had any great opinion of the clergy. Purveyors of sentimental twaddle. Perhaps they give comfort when, when they perform the last rites. In the movies it's like that. Chin Chin! Magda Goebbels says, The only religion worth living for, or dying for, is National Socialism. She adores the chief. He would never have reciprocated, though. She's fine for the image, the perfect Aryan mother, the trophy escort. But she could never give him what I could give him. Just like the other wives. Fraulein Brown, they'd say. That silly cow. Well, I've shown them all. I have more metal than they thought. Spear thought I was crazy to turn up here. Nobody asked me to come. Escape while you can, Ava. It's all over, Albert said. We can organise an airlift. Even the chief said I should leave. And then he teased me a little. Over tea and his insatiable demand for cakes. What about my Hollywood career? That was our running joke. After the war, I'd go to Hollywood to star in a movie. Maybe with Fred Astaire? No. Red is too... strong. Too much the Scarlet Woman. 
and the colour of blood. Something more subdued, I think. Yes. Spear was alarmed to see me here. If you go over to the American side, the Americans will be kind to you. But in the end, in the very end, I wanted love more. It's simple. To be loved is all that matters. There go the lights. Why can't that horrible Borman keep the lights working? Thank you. Light restored. Funny detail. I've known the chief since 1929, when I was barely 17. And he has never found out about my secret vice. Because a strong peppermint will always disguise the pleasure of a ciggy. When it comes to cigarettes, the chief is a fanatic. There's no other word for it. In that respect, he is a complete fanatic. One day at the Berghof, where he was so happy, we were all seated round the table and the chief said to my sister, Gretel, Gretel, he said, I will give you a beautiful villa if you can stop smoking for one month. Gretel is easygoing by nature. <laughs> but she piped up for herself quite defiantly. Oh no, cigarettes give me pleasure every day. I should grow tired of a villa after a month. And then the chief said that Germany had lost the Great War because of cigarettes. If the squaddies hadn't wasted time smoking, Germany would not have suffered that humiliation. I ventured to suggest, very light-heartedly, not in a spirit of contradiction, that the English and the French must have been smoking too. I should have known better. Bumpkin, he says. You know nothing about these things. Bumpkin. That's what he calls me when he's in an affectionate mood. Bumpkin, he'd say. When the war is over, we'll retire to Linz. I'll be the town architect. Then I'd say, but what about my Hollywood career? He'd say, when we are pensioners in Linz, there will be men on the moon. People will jet from one side of the world to another. And of course, he will have banned cigarettes throughout Europe. Besides meat, and hunting, and lipstick. Now this design is exquisite. Italian. But you can't wear black on your wedding day. The Nile green, with the bell-shaped skirt. I loved that one. The chief liked it too. Nature. Anything to do with nature. I must make sure Gretel gets my clothes. And the jewellery especially. Gretel's legacy. Gretel will have the children. The rest of us were not permitted. Yes, lipstick. He got into a fury about lipstick one day. Lipstick. It's confected from the findings in the sewers of Paris. Some of his ideas are just dotty. The secret of harmony. You ignore whatever is unpleasant. How the nuns at my school were so against lipstick too. Only fit for Jezebels. Though they didn't denounce me 
as a Jezebel, when they discovered that I was the chief's. Quite the opposite. They asked me to help them. When the convent was requisitioned as a training camp, please, Ava, pleaded an old nun who came to see me, so quaint in her ancient wimple. Please intervene with him, to spare our convent. The Schutzstaffel want to send us all away. I told her politely, I'm not a political person. I don't meddle. And I don't. If you want to keep your man, that is an iron law. Yet I've learned one thing about politics over the past 15 years. Everyone bows to power eventually. Look at Papa. Champagne later. But for now, just a tot of schnapps. Mixing my drinks. Papa blew a fuse when he first discovered that I was going out with the chief. You're not even 18. And he's 40. It's a scandal. He could be your father. He's a dangerous man. Sweeping away everything that's decent in Germany. Papa, I told him, we're in the 20th century. Cars, autobahns, photography, aeroplanes. National socialism was evil, he said. He even wrote to the chief saying it was not a fit and proper thing to consort with a girl so young and impressionable. Not honourable. So school-teachery. But... Oh, when Papa saw him launch the Bismarck just before the war, he had tears in his eyes. The greatest battleship ever. The sheer power of it. Mama kept saying, as long as Ava is happy, that's the main thing. Mama is modern. Sport makes women modern. Mama is progressive on sexual matters too. Papa? Papa's in the Middle Ages. But he bent the knee just the same. He joined the party. He was even given a special party card which suggested that he'd been a member since the 1920s. And he's the one who used to preach to us about honesty. Oh yes, I've learned. I haven't the remotest interest in politics. But I have understood power. Nobody is immune. Oh, look at this. The charm bracelet. The lovely, lovely charm bracelet. I had always wanted a charm bracelet. And one morning, I found this little package next to my coffee at breakfast. What's this? I asked. He kissed my hand and said, for a gracious lady, for my little siren. Always the gallantries. I was 21. He was 44. It was 1933. This is my most precious possession. This bracelet, most especially, must be for Gretel. I must leave her a note. I must write it now. Can you look back on your life and ask yourself if you might have chosen a different path?
I don't feel I made any choices at all. Providence made a pattern for me, and I followed it. It could not have been otherwise. Oscar Wilde said that at the grave of his wife. It could not have been otherwise. Yes, we'll have tea soon, soon, Traudel. Just doing my last-minute arrangements. There are a couple of letters from my parents, and Ilse, too. I want you to take some things to Gretel. Fifteen minutes, OK? Poor Gretel. Bringing her baby into this world. She was always so dependent on me. The trouble with Gretel is she has terrible taste in men. Herman turned out to be a bad lot, ambitious, a womanizer. Yes, handsome and a good dancer. Sex appeal, yes. But what an end. Poor darling Gretel. My baby sister. Doesn't even know the whole terrible story. I beseeched the chief for mercy. For the sake of her child, I said. Her child will come into the world without a father. No. No, no. Herman had broken the sacred rule. Disloyalty equals treason. But I must try and write her something cheerful. Must, must, must. For the sake of the baby. Gretel's baby is the future of our family. It wasn't that I didn't want to be a mother. The chief wouldn't hear of it. Out of the question. Germany must breed, but he must remain forever childless. Believes there's bad blood in his family. His half-sister Paula is a little simple. But there are worse things to be. On the one occasion I thought I might be, he said an operation would be arranged. I never argue. But ironic. Terminating a pregnancy is illegal in our German Reich. Terminating an Aryan pregnancy, that is. But we won't think about unpleasant things. Anyway, it turned out to be a false alarm. And Mama and Papa so wished for grandchildren. But they'll soon have Gretel's baby. I hold on to that idea and it gets me through. Gretel... My angel, be of good heart. Think only of your baby. Be close to Mama and Papa. You and the baby are their family now. I'm making arrangements to send you my clothes and my jewellery. All except the fox fur, which I'm giving to Traudel. She has been so good to me here. Remember how the chief hated that fur? How he said that only a fox should wear fox fur. I've had the clothes dry-cleaned for you. Go to Fräulein Heise for any alterations. Don't let her overcharge you. She asked me for 30 marks to restitch a blouse. I hope you like the Ferragamo shoes, little sister. They should fit you. They are works of art. And the charm bracelet, especially, that he gave me that morning in 1933. Sometimes Traudel and I go up to the outside, to the little garden up there, 
for a breath of air and a smoke. I don't understand how it came to this. And if people speak badly about the chief, I know you'll also recall how kind he could be. How he never forgot a birthday. So thoughtful and considerate to all his secretaries. Always the box of chocolates, the little gifts. Dearest kitten, don't ever get involved in politics. Your husband Herman was so led astray by politics. Life will be hard for you for a while, but you will survive. And I want you to know, little sister, that I am happy to be with the chief at last. Now, when he needs me most of all. I'm not afraid to take the final step. Just so long as it doesn't hurt and it's quick. It is all predestined by providence. It is all in my astrology chart. I am wavering between the Nile green and the blue brocade. Sorting out my clothes keeps me sane. Well, as sane as your crazy sister ever was. How strange our lives seem now looking back. Tell your baby all about the good times we had. In spite of the difficult times. Remember how Mama was so positive thinking always encouraging us, how she supported us in all our hobbies and sports. You remember when she gave me that Agfa camera when I was just 14? And really, everything stems from that Agfa camera. Yes, if it hadn't been for photography, I'd never have met the chief. Papa was disappointed because I hadn't the patience for schoolwork. But Mama was so pleased that I was so good at swimming and ice skating. And I was really gifted at photography. Everyone has a gift, Mama used to say. It doesn't matter what. Papa was always stingy about giving us pocket money. I wanted clothes, pretty shoes, hairstyles, dance lessons, gym lessons, a better camera. Ilsa got this job with her doctor. She was devoted to him. And I said to Papa... If Ilsa has a job, why shouldn't I? There was this advertisement in the local newspaper. Young person, presentable, intelligent, with an interest in photography and some knowledge of bookkeeping. That's me. Herr Hoffman was a fat man. You could see he liked to drink. Those fat men who like to eat and drink are always nice to young girls if the girls are pretty. Oh, Herr Hoffman, I said, I would just love to work for you in such artistic surroundings. I have a diploma in bookkeeping. I can work in the dark room. I know about cameras and negatives and how to store film. And although I want to earn my own wages, I'm not greedy. He looked at me in a sort of inquisitorial way. And then he suddenly laughed. You're engaged, Miss Brown. Of course, Papa looked disapproving. But Mama said it would be a good discipline for me to work. Herr Hoffman photographed a lot of politicians. And these people came to have their photographs taken in the studio. I paid no attention. None of them were much to look at. I used to say to Herr Hoffman, Why can't you do pictures of film stars? He smiled. 
Politicians are more important, Fräulein Braun. You will come to understand that. Then one Friday afternoon, I stayed late at the shop. It was well after closing time, and I was sorting out some invoices, which were filed at the top of a shelf. So there I am, sorting out bills, when Herr Hoffman comes in, accompanied by another man. This man's moustache is really noticeable, and he's carrying a felt hat. He has a riding whip too, but I thought, well, maybe he likes to keep a horse. Herr Hoffman and this guy sit down opposite me. I'm a little self-conscious because just that day I'd been shortening my skirt to be like the American flappers and I wasn't sure if the hem was quite straight. I could just feel this strange man looking at me. Then the boss says to his visitor, This is our Fräulein, Eva. I turn around properly and I see the chief sitting there, still in his overcoat, his pale blue eyes piercing me. Meet Herr Wolf, says the boss. Yes, I say. Good day, Herr Wolf. He looks at me in such an intense way that I feel myself blushing. The boss tells me to go and fetch some beer and sausages from the bar nearby, and I do. I dash off to get them. When I return... Herr Hoffman tells me to sit with him and this older man and join them in a beer, though the guest disdains the sausages. Sausages, says Herr Wolf. I'd rather have my own flesh and blood turned into sausages than eat the entrails of a harmless animal. I thought what he said was crazy. But so passionate. Dark. Mesmerizing. And yet this Herr Wolf was so polite, courteous, respectful. People often treated me like a silly girl, but from the beginning the chief was different. He watched me all the time. He just watched me. We talked about music and what was playing at the Stadt Theater. He offered to drive me home in his Mercedes, a Mercedes. I was tempted, but I wasn't ready. When he'd gone, the boss said to me very urgently, Don't you know who that is? And I said, It's one of your politicians, Herr Hoffman. But he's nicer than any of the others. What blue eyes. That, he told me, is Adolf Hitler. And who, I asked is Adolf Hitler. That's what I said. Who is Adolf Hitler? Herr Hoffman had a daughter exactly my age, Henny. She was skinny. I was plumper. We were kind of rivals, but we became close friends afterwards, until the sad day when she was not permitted. Henny had known the chief since she was a child. She thought she could take liberties. The chief was always tolerant to the Hoffmans. They'd been like a family to him. He even ignored Herr Hoffman's drunkenness. But Henny broke all the rules. Oh, she said one day across the dinner table, you know they are being so cruel to some Jewish women. They were bundling these women into the train carriages in a really rough way. If he knew, I thought, such things wouldn't happen. 
there are ways and means of helping. Friends of friends who were only half or a quarter. And Dr. Marks, who had once saved my life when I tried to put an end to myself. But Henny was banished. Baldur lost his position too as her husband. No more stardom for him. I was sorry for them both, yes. But she should have known. She should have known. You must just turn away and pretend you didn't see. That is the only way to survive. Papa said that the chief would dominate me. Older men who like young girls want to dominate them, he said. Young girls, he said, are easily exploited by older men. That was where Papa was so wrong. The younger men I knew couldn't keep their hands to themselves, but the chief wasn't like that. It was flowers and chocolates and gallantries. Physically, he was distant, didn't like touching. Physical intimacy was gradual. Men have needs. Mama taught me that. Make yourself indispensable to their needs. I learned how to give him what he needed. But, oh Christ Almighty, what I have done for love. For my wedding, I shall have lots of champagne. I'll drink like Herr Hoffman then. <laughs> what else can be said now? No more. Yes, I think I will wear the blue. <laughs> I was in blue on the day I first met him, and so it will be blue for the wedding. Oh my God. Horrors. I, I have a ladder in my stocking. I can't have a ladder in my stocking for my wedding party. Ava. The secret of happiness is don't think beyond lunchtime. Or tea time now. Traudel, I'm finished organising. I'll come to the small canteen and we'll have tea now. You've been so kind. No, I will stay here. I will stay with him. After all, tomorrow is to be my wedding day. You must have my fox fur as a souvenir. But we won't mention it to the chief. <laughs> all right? Two minutes. Yes, the blue dress will be perfect for the ceremony. I have always known how to please him and to give him exactly what he needed in his personal life. And what he desired was coziness. He said that to me the other evening. Bumpkin, you have always given me coziness. He was an orphan. He had only one friend. He lived in a hostel for homeless men. There was no coziness. I sometimes think, if only he had gained a place at that academy, everything would have been different. He was rejected as an artist. That's what started all the politics. And look on the bright side. 
I won't have to put up with this place much longer. As Oscar Wilde said to the wallpaper in his cheap Paris hotel, one of us has to go. <sighs> but... In my next life, I'll visit Hollywood. I'm in heaven And my heart beats so That I can hardly speak And I seem to find The happiness I seek When we're out together dancing Cheek to cheek sometimes say to me, oh, Anna, your job must be so depressing. No, I tell them, not at all. It can be really interesting and rewarding. People are people, even when they have senile dementia or Alzheimer's. People are still individuals. And even when they've gone a bit dotty, they can still be individual in their dottiness. Not supposed to say dotty. Some have senile dementia, some have vascular degeneration. My own mother had an early onset of Alzheimer's. She was only 65. So you could say I have personal experience and sympathy too. Patients are all different. Some people are silent and some people are talkative. Some people are quite benign. There's a condition called contented dementia. Then some patients are really depressed... Others seem to lose all their inhibitions. They can be quite droll. One of the old ladies here said to me the other day, You know, I never really liked sex with my husband. He took so long about it. Well, 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 Maria, I said to her. Did you ever have sex with anyone else? Scores, she said, laughing her head off. Only it wasn't comical because her daughter had made a point of saying, Mother is such a modest person and was brought up to be very ladylike. The daughter had been a bit offended when she heard another inmate swearing like a trooper. Well, that's the frontal temporal lobe of the brain going, I explained. The one that stands guard over our inhibitions. Mummy came out with all kinds of information when the brain began to go. We learned all sorts of things we hadn't known before. I never knew her family had been Jewish, for instance. Well, her mother had been, but it's the mother that counts. That explains a lot, I thought. And the things we didn't talk about. My sister says, Do you realise we're Jewish, Anna? That changes everything. We're only a quarter Jewish, I said. Doesn't change anything for me. I'm not religious anyway. A quarter was enough for Hitler, Katya said. Katya's a librarian, single, no kids, takes everything very seriously. Now she's researching the whole history of the family. Honestly, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but I believe gerontology has a great future ahead of it. My prediction is that as we all get older, we're going to become awfully interested in the medical care of the elderly. Think about it. 
a big boom in births after the war, then a dramatic drop in births after 1964, when the pill got going, huh? Here in Germany, they called it the anti-baby pill. So by the beginning of the 21st century, the baby boomers will be hitting retirement age. And because of the fall in the birth rate, we'll need lots more professional care to cope with the growing numbers of the elderly. There's big business. Take it from me. The baby boom generation started in America, but it didn't happen here until ten years afterwards. Not enough men around to father children. How many men were still in Russian camps? My uncle Oscar didn't come back until 1956. A broken man. No good to any woman. I read an article about gerontology the other day in a magazine. It gave me an idea. If I could get enough capital together, I could start my own care home. Even a series of care homes. All I need is enough money. I've got the experience and the temperament. I have a lot of time for old people. They like me too. My daughter said to me the other day, I'm not going to be looking after you when you're old, so you better train up some nurses to care for the wrinklies. Still, she's a good kid and I'm lucky to have her. No husband, not any more, but a darling daughter. Not sure I could have coped with a son. I'm not a man-hater, but I have no very high opinion of men, to be honest. I suppose it's because I grew up in a family of women. Now I'm sorry for the patient in room 28. Frau Berlinhoff. Margaretha. She seems to have no family connections at all. No visitors, no letters, no phone calls. There's something rather sweet about her. Pathetic, even. Maybe she reminds me of Mummy in some way. Same colouring. Must have been pretty once. But I'd say that passive type of female. She'd be about Mummy's age, too, if Mummy hadn't passed on suddenly. She was deteriorating. But we still miss her, Katia and I. Frau Berlinhoff has been away with the fairies a few years now. But it's sad, all the same, when they never get any visits. And for some reason, she took to me. She'd smile when I'd assist her. She'd indicate in her own way that she wanted Nurse Anna. I kind of became her dedicated nurse. She's no trouble, Margaretha. And then I found out from one of the older staff that she once had a daughter here in Munich. The daughter used to come and see her mother regularly. A nice girl, good job, sensible. And then, one day, out of the blue, this young woman killed herself. She was in her mid-twenties. More like the kind of thing an adolescent might do, impetuously. Poison, weed killer and insecticide. I'm not religious, but I'm against suicide. It's saying there is no future. And look at how it hurts the families. Mark my words, one suicide often begets another. And even if something bad has happened, you get over it. People do. People carry on. Life can get better. Look at all the trouble we put into caring for people. We look after our patients. We preserve life. And then they go and top themselves. Anyway, 
Her daughter's death was devastating for Frau Berlinghoff. She went into herself completely. One of the nurses told me she only said one thing. We carry the curse of history. Of course, you wouldn't want to inquire too closely into a patient's background. These people in their 70s lived through the war years. One day I was washing an elderly patient, and then I saw the number on her wrist. Wee oui, wee. Oui. We can sometimes get them to the toilet for the other, but wee oui, wee oui comes on unannounced. You can use the plastic bottles for the men, but we don't have too many men. Women nearly always outlive them. We do have a couple here, but they're well outnumbered. The women treat them as if they were rare specimens. The way some women worship men. It transpired that Frau Berlinov's daughter went and killed herself because she lost her boyfriend in a car crash. Plenty more fish in the sea, that's what I'd have said. I'd hate to think my daughter might do something like that, especially an only child. All your eggs in one basket. One of the shrinks did say there was a bad family history. Anyway, it was the end for Margaretha Berlinghoff. No sisters, no brothers, no friends. Not one visitor for five years. It's in the notes that the family were Catholic. You'd think that would entail some taboo against killing yourself. Of course, you never really know the full story or the family constellation, as the social workers called it. I could write a book about the life stories that I've come across here. But if I ever do get that care home of my own, my policy would be to involve the family members much more in day-to-day -day decisions so they understand the needs of the patients, even when there's a bit of senility. I'd also play much more music. Maybe do memory therapy with them. Objects or ornaments that bring back memories or smells. Fresh coffee, a bakery, perfume. That could be stimulating too. Now, where am I? I must sign off on the medication. Joanna in room 22. A peaceful passing in her sleep. It's a release for her. She was 88. All the family are there with her now. They wanted to have a little period. They're Swiss-Italian, so they do that. A, a vigil over the body. It's nice. Joanna was a gentle soul. She liked to sing. I'd play her music on the tape recorder. Popular operetta. I don't think Margaretha is long for this world either. She's failed a lot. Harley eats anything now. She's not without funds. It's all arranged through a lawyer. But you wonder who they leave their money to when there's no one. First husband killed in the war. Second husband divorced without trace. Siblings deceased. She's only 73, which isn't that old nowadays. Sometimes I go on night duty. Then I can spend more time with my daughter. Teenagers need time with their parents, even though they let on it's the last thing they want. And it was when I was on night duty that I learned the truth about Margaretha Berlinghoff. The phone rang. Nurse Strauss here. Yes? Yes, we have a patient here of that name. Are you a personal friend? No. 
I wasn't aware of that connection. But no, no, I, I couldn't let you have that information. We wouldn't speak to the press, no. We have a policy of patient confidentiality. No, no, I couldn't. I'm sorry. I can't say that. I, I'll have to put the phone down. Excuse me. Sorry. I must go. Goodbye. I had to go off and have a cigarette in the staff room. I've nearly succeeded in quitting, but that was quite a shock. It was a journalist from a news magazine, a woman. What she said to me was, Do you have a patient in your care called Margaretha Berlinghoff? Stupidly, I blurted out, yes. Then she said, are you aware that she is Ava Brown's sister? I had to think for a moment, but I couldn't connect straight away. And then the penny dropped. And I could neither confirm nor deny. Margaretha. This journalist, she said her name was Erica, Erica Fricker. She said there could be a financial incentive if I could provide some information. What kind of patient she's been, whether I got along well with her. I said I couldn't do that. Anyway, there's no information. She never says anything. She hadn't spoken since her daughter's death. But then it made sense. What Margaretha had said when her daughter Ava had committed suicide... The curse of history is upon us. Her daughter, Ava, must have been named after her sister, who also committed suicide. No, I wouldn't betray a patient to the press. Never. But the information made me curious. I'd been curious about Margaretha anyway. Her having no relations or friends, even. I had wondered... I I had wondered if I could get any information out of her, just for my own satisfaction. I told my sister Katia. Katia is a compulsive researcher, and a very good one. Margaretha, it seems, was known as Gretel to her family. The more I found out, mostly from my sister, the angrier I became. Ava and Gretel. Ava Brown and Gretel Brown. Ava and Margaretha. Siblings. Sisters. Ava Brown and Frau Berlinghoff. There they were, living the high life, while millions were subject to... and millions had to pay for... their privileges. The helpless old lady in room 28 was a monster. Gretel. I once had a doll called Gretel. She had blonde hair and ringlets. Try some yoghurt, Gretel. Come on, just a little. Your elder sister treated you like a doll in the family, didn't she? Even your father, who was strict on the others. And you always followed in your sister's footsteps. You followed her in everything. You worked at the photographic studio, just like Ava. And later, you shared a house with her in Munich. You had fun together in those far-off days, didn't you, Gretel? Oh, Gretel, you stare at me with blank doll eyes. The journalist phoned me again. I don't know how she knows that I am the dedicated nurse for Frau Gretel Berlinhoff. 
I said nothing except to say there was nothing to say, and that's true. Then this Erica one, she's very slick, began giving me information. She even offered to send me a book about Ava Brown, though it's written in English. Actually, my sister Katia's got it already. It seems that Kurt Berlinghoff was Gretel's second husband. Before that, she was a Frau Fegelein. The man she married, Hermann Fegelein, was Himmler's right-hand man. I wouldn't betray a patient to the press. It would be entirely unethical, but just a flicker of recognition, just a momentary response, just for my own satisfaction? Maybe he only married her because she was Ava Brown's sister. Though Katia has seen a very sexy picture of Gretel with Fegelein. Time. The things it does. The things it does to people. And then he was executed two weeks before Gretel gave birth, on the Fuhrer's direct orders, for trying to make peace with the Americans before the end of the war. Eva pleaded with Hitler to save Fegelein's life for Gretel's sake, for the sake of the child, but no, that was that. He was SS. He'd been responsible for thousands of deaths in the Ukraine, but Gretel wasn't even told that her husband had been put before a firing squad. There we go. A whole tub eaten. Would you like a little coffee? Sweet and milky. On a spoon? Erica is a persistent journalist, I'll give her that. She offered me a large sum of money to take a photograph of Gretel. I thought, I could do with the cash, I really and truly could. They won't try and intrude on anyone's privacy, they just like the photograph and whatever I can say about her, unattributed, unattributable. I was sorry for Gretel Berlinghoff before, but I'm beginning to think differently. Katia showed me the research she's done. It's staggering. She was Adolf Hitler's sister-in-law. She enjoyed everything about Nazi rule. She was at the top of the pile, living with Eva Brown in Munich and in Berlin and then in their mountain retreat. My father was an ordinary soldier on the Eastern Front and the horrors that mummy went through. But Gretel got off scot-free. She married again changed her name again, never had to face any consequences. Lived in comfort for 40 years, well provided for, all arranged. I thought, why shouldn't I take a photograph? Even if I lost my job, I'd get another and then there's the money. And look what this woman represents. Disgusting. Erica had this camera delivered to my home address. I don't know how she knew my home address, my daughter was impressed. Gretel, and you were the pretty little pet of the family, weren't you? Elsa was the serious one, Ava the rebel, and then there was little Gretel, who was Ava's shadow. Happy days, pretty clothes, a life of privilege. And when it got around the grapevine that Ava was Hitler's mistress, you had no shortage of admirers. All those handsome army men, the top Nazis and their wives, even their pet dogs. You even argued with Adolf Hitler about smoking cigarettes. It's all in the history books now. 
honest to God when I think about it all. Gretel, you know me. I'm your special nurse, Nurse Anna. You like me. And you know what, Gretel? My mother is half Jewish. Therefore, I am a quarter Jewish. For the last five years, you have been nursed by a Jewess. Does that upset you? Oh, I know the word was never mentioned in the jolly company around Ava and her man. Anyone who brought up the subject was expelled from the magic circle. And the worst of it is, Gretel, is that you weren't brought up to be anti-anything. My sister, yes, I'm close to my sister as you were to yours, has looked up your family story. You were on good terms with your Jewish neighbours. Your sister Elsa worked happily for a Jewish doctor for many years. That doctor saved Ava's life when she tried to put an end to herself. You might even have Jewish ancestors. You never did anything cruel or wicked. You were never personally unkind. You averted your eyes. You fell in line. You were a coward. And yet, Gretel, there were those who didn't avert their eyes. My mother was helped by such a family. Did anyone ever tell you of Hans and Sophie Schull, the Munich students, brother and sister, who started the White Rose Group? They held a public protest against the regime in a Munich square. They were arrested, they were tortured, they were executed. Yet the White Rose Network helped my mother. She spent three years of the war hidden in a Munich cellar. She was grateful to survive. There was a name for those hidden in cellars by other Germans. Submarines. My mother was a submarine. We didn't know until the end of her life, just like you. She kept her life hidden until the onset of Alzheimer's. Gretel, do you follow what I'm saying? You crone, you old crone, you horrible old crone. I've been asked to take a photograph of you, here and now, just as you are, helpless and speechless at the end of your life, a cadaver. So far from pretty frocks and dancing shoes. It may not be ethical for a nurse to do that, but don't you think it would be fair? Hateful. Hateful. Yes. No. Yes. Gretel died last night. No, Miss Bricker, I didn't take a photograph of Margaretha. I couldn't. Frau Berlinhoff was dying and then she was dead. She had Alzheimer's. She couldn't have given consent. She was pitiful. No, no, not even for double. I'm supposed to be a carer. But it came to me as I sat there. She met the best of her favourite position. She was weak and silly and selfish and vain. She passed by on the other side... But she didn't actually do anything evil. We have never been put to the test. We don't know if we would have acted differently. That's the thought that came to me. A good angel at my ear. I'm sorry. 
Katia discovered the rest. Gretel Brown was turned away from a maternity hospital in May 1945 because of her connections. If it hadn't been for an American officer who took pity on her, she would have given birth by the roadside. The American brought her to a hospital where her daughter was born. She was called Ava. I don't believe that little Ava killed herself because of losing her boyfriend. Oh, no. I think little Ava couldn't live. She had been named after the wife of Adolf Hitler. Her father was a war criminal, as well as a philanderer. Though her mother's dementia had a clinical origin, it occurred to me that there was a psychological cause. And then, as she lay dying, I saw a tear in her eye. It rolled down her old cheek. It was at that moment that I turned to pity. I have to do what's right. After her daughter's suicide, she never spoke. I think she knew the reason why her daughter died. The curse of history is upon us. That was the last sentence she uttered 16 years ago, and it was. The funeral is private. The lawyers are dealing privately with all the formalities. She will be buried privately in her parents' family plot. I have to say that Gretel was never a difficult patient. Before I knew who she was, I thought her a sweet old lady. Before I knew who she was, she was always grateful to me. There'll be another patient in room 28 by tomorrow. We always have a waiting list. Gerontology's got a great future. This appeared among Gretel's effects. A charm bracelet. I'd never seen it before. By rights, I should declare it to the matron. It looks valuable. It's very pretty. But you know what? I think Gretel wanted me to have it. I think it was her way of leaving a legacy to her dedicated nurse. I wonder where it came from. I wonder what its story is.